Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of A Word About Wealth, a podcast where we tackle the often complicated world of money and wealth. My name is Kevin. And this is Van. What we do here on this podcast is take a common sense approach to topics surrounding money. We'll do our best to define concepts, give some examples, and have a casual conversation to help everyone understand. Our ultimate goal here is to help you build wealth. It is important to note that we are not financial advisors, nor do we pretend to be. What we share on this podcast should be taken as general education and financial entertainment, and must not be misconstrued as official financial advice. How are you, my friend? Good. Yeah, not bad. Yeah, another episode. I'm I'm glad we're being very uh, proactive. Well, maybe not proactive is the word, but being consistent. (laughs) Being consistent. That That is definitely the truth. Um, yeah, how's how's everything going on? Pretty, mm-hmm. Yeah, I was saying that otherwise it's been pretty uh, uneventful. But uh, you know, you you actually had some more excitement than I had, than I had this week. Yeah, I took uh, took a few days off. Took the kids down to Legoland and uh, where else? And SeaWorld. But um, yeah, it was good. Weather was nice. But uh, I didn't know it was spring break, so it was a little bit more people than <laughs> I thought it was going to be. But um, you know, to be honest. I feel like spring break goes, it's it's kind of very difficult to pinpoint which is spring break nowadays. Right. It seems like a spring break for a different school every other week or something like exactly. that. Exactly. Yeah. So did you, uh, is Shamu still there or is it just more like an aquarium now at SeaWorld? I haven't been there in probably like 12 years or so. Yeah, they still have the, the orcas, but definitely after the Blackfish documentary, um, they've definitely changed up the show. I think the mm. the actors or the trainers don't go into the pool with the orcas now. Really? So okay. it's all, they still do tricks and stuff. Don't know if that's frowned upon or not, but they're all... <laughs> they're all at a safe distance away so um yeah you know but we didn't because the kids wouldn't stay and sit for that um we just kind of walked around and went to the exhibits that were a lot easier to kind of just sit and stay and kind of go but it was nice we hadn't been there for a while but you know san diego uh, sorry uh, sea world is apparently wanted to create the the most thrilling rides in san diego so they had a lot of new rides that were pretty high you know i don't know van, van you used to play a roller coaster tycoon right yeah of course yeah. yeah so you know sometimes you build those kind of like like a free free drops I, I don't know what they're called but you know those big drops and like i feel like that's all of what sea world has now like a <laughs> lot of a lot of thrilling rides um and you know definitely going for a higher audience but that's neither here nor there but my point was uh it was interesting to see okay is it more like a six flags now slash aquarium no i wouldn't say that crazy so for folks if you don't know van is an avid avid thrill seeker when it comes to (laughs) roller coasters and i am 180 degrees the opposite so you know i I always told my uh, i always told van if uh my kids want to go. They got to go to Uncle Van. Yeah, I've been trying to get uh, uh, Kevin and uh, our brother-in-law to go for, you know, s- basically since I've known them. And it, it's because you're just, a freak. You know, find, <laughs> find some excuse not no. to go and all that, but still. No. What are we going to do <laughs> One day. Man. One day. Crazy. One day your daughter's going to go, uh, Daddy, can I go to crazy. Magic Mountain? And then, you know, we're all going to have to go as a family. Oh, we don't so need to go that's there. That's all that's going to happen. We don't need to go there. <laughs> oh, my goodness. 
but yeah, no, but that, that was kind of my, my uh, weekend night, I guess. And, uh, it looks Very like cool. the weather is warming up here. So, you know, heading into almost into summer, I suppose, but you know, yeah, pretty soon we're going to be sweating some more, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, Van, what are we going to be talking about today? Cause I know this is a topic that you wanted to, that it was actually something that we talked about on our last week's podcast, I believe. And you wanted to kind of chat a little further about that, right? I did because I, I didn't like the way we ended the last episode because I basically said that, you know, in your quick hits, um, I basically said that that person was screwed. <laughs> and, and you know, I didn't really, I, I didn't really, I just, I, I wish I had more time to um, kind of divulge or not divulge, but rather explain more into it. And I figured we can use this episode as an opportunity to do that because, um, I mean, as you know, I think you, uh, you and everyone else in, um, you know, in the country know that, you know, this has just been a crazy car market, right? Because, you know, coming into COVID, uh, we, I think a lot of us were thinking that, oh, the car market is going to, you know, go um, tank again, just kind of like uh, what had happened in, during the, you know, the Great Recession. But I mean, there was a small lull, but then, man, it was just like, it just, you know, the car sales just kind of took off, right? It's just the demand just went to um, like much bigger heights than we what we had intent, uh, originally anticipated. So, I mean, it's just been, I mean, it's not, I know that, Kevin, you're also kind of in the market for a car as well, right? Yeah. And, and you know, to be honest, I, I just can't understand i mean I, I i sort of understand how everybody's looking for car people have money and things like that but you know it just seems like everybody is looking for a car and and, and mm-hmm. even people who are wanting a car can't find a car then you hear stories about like you know the resale market being so crazy and then you hear about yeah, yeah. dealers buying cars back at the same price they sold it for five years later it's like what like all these crazy stories. Um, but to your question, yes, I, I have been in the market for a car. I am not in a dire need of a car for any reason. Like our, And just to back up, if everybody um, did not listen to the episode last time, you know, I had asked Van in one of my, <laughs> my, my quick hits, Larry was looking for a car and, uh, oh, Van Larry, was that's right. His... I, 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 I forgot his name. <laughs> Larry. Yeah. Larry um, was looking for a car and, you know, essentially he needed a job, for, uh, he needed a car for his new job. And we were asking Van, what do you do? Do you, you know, car market is so crazy. How do you get a car? I am not necessarily in that boat, but the reason I'm in the market is because I wanted to trade in our sedan for a SUV or sorry, a, a minivan, because with, you know, two kids having a, a sedan is just not very, very practical. But it's been crazy. You know, Van has known this. I've been talking to Van for the last six months about trying to find the right time. But it just seems like it's not a good time. But Van, what is it about what is happening? Obviously, pandemic, supply chain shortages and all that. But, mm-hmm. like, is there something specific to the car market that has made this so just so crazy? I mean, this really all just kind of spurred on because um, you know, the root cause of it is that there really is just a shortage of new cars. Um, so if you look at a lot of the uh, statistics of, you know, how many. Um, so I think like a lot of the dealers, um, you know, they generally have like a certain number of inventory. But if you go through, you know, uh, you drive through a lot of the lots, um, you will see that a lot of them are, you know, maybe not quite empty, but it's just a lot less cars than what you would see in the, in the um, prior to the pandemic. Right. Sorry, man, I don't mean to jump in, but it, it, that was exactly what I thought yesterday. 
So like mm, yesterday, okay. um, I was with my wife in the car and, and we were looking for a Toyota Sienna and we drove by a Toyota and, and my wife was like, Hey, is this the Toyota place you're going to go f- look at? I turned to my left. I look at it. There's not one car in the parking lot. I mean, like really wow. these lots, I mean, obviously I'm, I'm, I'm exaggerating, but I mean, it was so sparse, right? Van? I mean, I, the Toyota dealerships, when I used to go, it's like, filled to the brim with cars right like you couldn't even you can't even look very far and you can't see her i looked over there and there was like every five spaces maybe there's one new car it was crazy Jeez. it is crazy so anyways I, I go back to this is something that literally i thought about yesterday yeah i would say that you know that i think what you're seeing is kind of um, the main problem that you know the whole country is facing right now I mean, probably in the whole world's facing right now with the the shortage of uh, the shortage of the new inventory and you know what what that does is you know because there's no not enough new cars out there and there's still this high demand um what is happening is that, um now there's a you know even a, a kind of a secondary demand for all these used cars as well so you know that that used cars is you know the reason why you're seeing such high prices and, and in some cases some of these used cars are even you know priced higher than the new cars um you know in in, in that case this is why that is called a, a good seller's market right because a lot of the dealers, you know, they're pretty much desperate to get any kind of cars on their lots. And normal, and in some cases, you know, normally, you know, some of the cars that are out there, you know, they may not take, um, you know, to and put to uh, sell on their lot. But you know, because of this desperation and this lack of in- inventory, I mean, they may be putting cars that they wouldn't normally sell on their lot, you know, on the lot to sell to other folks. So, and um, yeah, I mean, this is really is just comes down to a lot of the shortage in the uh, not only in the material but also there's also a labor a lot of labor shortage too so I, I i'm sure many folks have heard about you know lack of dock workers lack of you know transportation yeah. drivers so it's yeah. just kind of shortage just across the board right and it, i mean which not only affects cars but many other you know product lines <laughs> uh, right. in their supply chain as well right well then one of the questions i had you know you mentioned something just now about about how even resale, the resale market of old cars may be actually priced higher than a new car. I would imagine that is not typically the case, right? <laughs> In a normal market, you would never have that, right? Unless yeah. the um, unless the new car was so. Unless, I, mean, I, I've, I mean, there are some like rare cases where you know the new car is so uh, I guess coveted, or there's just not mm. enough of it that it kind of creates an artificial it's like, a collectible or <laughs> like something. Um, yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah, right? Like, yeah, but. It, but nowadays you're getting um, that type of demand for like normal cars, like a RAV4 or Toyota Sienna, you know? So, so it's crazy. just, you know, these, these commuter cars are things that should be plentiful, but they're just not. And it's, that's what, you know, it's just, that's really the, the crux of all this. Right. And I think also, I also think that because there's a shortage, it's kind of created some sort of frenzy in the market as yeah, well, in terms right. of people wanting it as well, because right. it's like, Oh, I can't get that now. I mean, Probably a couple of years ago, you didn't think about that Toyota Camry, but now you're like, oh, that Toyota Camry seems quite sweet, you know? <laughs> yeah. So. Well, that's that's my question, because do you think, do you think there's more people actually looking to buy a car, or is it literally probably relatively the same amount of people, but just more of a shortage? Or is it really that, that kind of worst case scenario of you have a shortage, but you also have a lot more people in the market, and it's really the, the kind of, yeah. 
Yeah, I was I was going to say that. I mean, that's a good question. I I, I actually um, haven't uh, dove into the um, the data into it, but I could just tell you just from uh, the type of people that I talked to, like kind of like uh, talk to, talking to you, talking to um, you know just you know, my circle of influence. Um, it just seems like you know cars are just more in their minds than it was in the past. Like in the past. People would just buy a car when they need it, but nowadays it's just like, oh, like you know, maybe I should sell my car <laughs> and, and get something, you know, get something else or something oh, like that, right? Or interesting. Or like now, maybe now is a good time to sell the car that's just been sitting on my in my garage, like that extra car, right? So uh, it just seems like you know that that car topic is more prevalent in people's minds. So I, I don't know how to if that correlates to hey, there's a bigger demand than before, or if it's just um, the same amount of people. Any of that I don't know, but I could just tell you from you know, my group of friends um it seems like the case for it unfortunately and i think um hang on <laughs> the kids are typing and knocking eden what is going on you want to lay here if you're going to lay here you're going to have to be quiet okay okay here oh oh how did you get that microphone <laughs> How did I get the microphone? It's the, my, Daddy's microphone for podcasting. Okay, lay down. And I need you to be very quiet. Okay? No moving, no doing anything. It's going to be very boring. Okay. All right? Okay, sorry about that. <laughs> um, what were we talking about earlier? So, Van, one of the things that I want to know is, you know, essentially what is different about buying a car in today's market versus pre-pandemic? Because for me not much has changed right in, in terms of the approach usually every few years oh because i have a lease and i know vans didn't tell me don't get a lease but mm-hmm. uh don't me <laughs> but at the end <laughs> of the day i you know it's, it, other than the fact that there's just not availability that seems to be the biggest crux but you know the car market better than me is there anything else that i'm or, or maybe i'm not seeing that you are seeing that's drastically different kind of pre and post i, I don't want to call it post pandemic but pre pre-pandemic versus now okay she just left so i can continue um yeah, I mean, I, I would say that the overall process is the same, but the main things that um, are quite drastically different are one, I mean, there's obviously the price, uh, you know, you and I have been ranting about that for, you know, the last five or 10 minutes now. So I think people understand that point. Um, but the second part is really the the time period that um, I guess the, uh, the lead times for getting these cars, right? Because in the past, um, we were so used to just driving into the, uh, you know, picking a weekend, uh, driving into the lot and then picking whatever car that was available there and then driving it that home um, at that in the same day. Nowadays, you know, when you go in, you know, you, you're either, you know, most of the cars that are you want to buy um, are one probably have been pre-sold to somebody already. Or if uh, you want to pick for something that's already in the lot, uh, you're just subjected to some, you know, crazy outrageous dealer markups uh, and which is, you know, uh, essentially, you know, inflates the price of the car. You know, if you don't want whatever's on the lot, then you would have to pre-order one, you know, uh, that could take, you know, weeks or months or maybe even close to a year to arrive. Right. So this is a lot of 
pre-planning <laughs> that you have to that is involved and uh, it, it's not uncommon if you're let's say you're chasing that toyota sienna that you're looking for kevin to be, uh, place like a whole bunch of deposits at different uh, you know maybe at four or five different dealerships and then you know see which one can you know get it first and then yeah and, and take delivery at that point right so wow. it just seems like you know that the tactic even is a little bit it could be a little bit different if you want to secure your spot for um you know for a certain car that uh, especially that ones that yeah. are in high demand insane insane so obviously the question is if i mean and i know some of these because we talked about it but why don't you can you share a little bit about you know what are some you know best practices best rules of thumb in this market because it seems like you're competing with a ton of people you're competing with a supply chain that you have very little control of and i think you're also dealing with car dealerships which you know i do not like and their model mm-hmm. yeah. and not only now you're giving them this kind of this real nice fatty you know kind of leverage there right because they know they can kind of just sell you whatever they want because there's really not that much inventory what's the best thing mm-hmm. you can do um if you're larry right we talked about larry last week so uh, share a little bit about that well i would say <laughs> I think I might have mentioned this the previous week, but I mean, really, this is a terrible time to buy a car right now. And, you know, if you really don't need one, then I, you know, I highly, uh, I would highly suggest that you don't even, you know, consider one until, you know, things get back to normal. And, you know, we we don't know when this back to normal uh, would happen, but, you know, right now it's definitely not normal. So, uh, you know, even if you look at, you know, consumer reports and, you know, um, all the, uh, I guess, auto advocates out there, um, a lot of things that a lot of times they would just say, you know, don't buy a car at all. I think this is the main reason that's kind of holding you back from uh, buying the Sienna now, right? Is because of the timing. Yeah, I think so. But I have to say, yeah, actually, no, no, I take that back. That's exactly why I would say, you know, Van, you know, I've been trying to buy or trying to change out the the, the TSX sedan that I have right now for a Sienna for some Mm -hmm. time. Right. And I've complained to you how how inconvenient right now having a TSX is when you're trying to transport two kids. You just don't have the storage space, etc. As someone like me who doesn't who doesn't enjoy the car buying process as much as Van does, I would have gotten this car switched out six months ago if I could have. Mm. You know, I, I I would have done that. But I I know also I'm not I don't want to be in kind of impractical and overpay. And I think right now that's the sense that I get is that yes I can do it, and you know I could do it tomorrow if we wanted to. But you're going to pay for it and. That's the hard part for me, right? Whereas before it seemed like, you know, yeah, you're going to you're going to pay, you can negotiate a little bit, you know, get a fairly good deal, you're not going to be overpaying. That just doesn't seem like it's possible nowadays. So yeah, I I think t- timing is definitely an issue. And I would say it's not impossible to get like a decent deal. It's just impossible to get a great deal. Like, you know, um, we can no longer bring the, the master into the, the dealership and, you know, knock out like $10,000 off the, <laughs> off the sticker price. Yeah, those days are not uh, are gone, <laughs> essentially. Right. But uh, I would say that, you know, if, if you are patient and, um, you know, to look around forward, you know, you can, there are dealerships out there who are selling new cars at MSRP. And I think uh, you and I had talked about it on the um, offline about you know, a couple of dealerships that that does do that. And, you know, essentially, you know, only, only shop there. Right. And 
but the problem is if you if you want to buy a car at MSRP, then just expect that you know that it's going to be a long wait, right? It's going to be you know probably a few months before you, you would even take delivery of that. So this is kind of you know so I guess the second best practice is to really you know plan ahead when you're ready to purchase a car. Like for in your in your case, um, you have a really good example there right? i mean you you know you still have two cars that are working perfectly fine at home and right now um if you want to get that toyota sienna then you can just go and find a dealership that gives you msrp and then you know basically pre-order that car and then just wait for it to come <laughs> essentially right because there's really no rush but i think um for folks that uh, need the car like that weekend and all that, then, um, you know, I, I think like instead of like, let's say that there's no more Toyota Siennas out there, then maybe you look at other alternatives, like maybe like a, going for um, a, an older Sienna or maybe like a Pacifica or, you know, some, something, you know, you, you may, you know, I guess the third tip would be to be more flexible in what you're looking for, right? Um, in terms of the model or just in terms of trim, in terms of color and all that, because, you know, with, with the slim pickings out there right now, um, you cannot, you know, beggars can't be choosers at the moment so you you definitely need to be a lot more flexible than before um about you know the type of car that you're looking for and that's really for people who are you know really just um you know need to get a car now versus like those who can plan ahead gotcha gotcha and i would say again like just hearing that about a two-month lead time i mean it just felt like every time i've gone to a car dealership it seems like you'd be able to get the car right away and drive it off. I mean, how many times have we done that um, previously? Now it's like impossible almost, it sounds like. Totally understand it on, you know, just in terms of approach. But let's say you do get to that point where you get a good, you know, maybe not a great deal, but you get a decent deal. You feel good about it. You know, you, you need a car. You found a car. The sales guy wasn't a super big jerk or anything like that. You get to the finance side. Are there any best practices on that side of things in this market? Yeah, I mean, on the finance side, it's going to be pretty similar to you know, pre-pandemic. So, um, you know, definitely shop around for rates if uh, you're going to you plan on financing. I know uh, with a Dave Ramsey plan, you know, it's uh, no to financing and all that. But um, I mean, if you absolutely need to, I would say, you know, try to not only shop around but um not have a loan of um, no more i i'd like to be no more than 36 months if you can just so that way you're not in debt for much longer but i know these days it's popular to do like you know six seven year loans and you know i, I would try to stay away from those the problem with a lot of those is six or seven year loans is that you're already paying a high premium right on, on a lot of these cars and you don't want to get to the point where like Three years from now, when you're completely upside down on that car because the market has uh, you know returned back to normal, but then still have like a huge like you know uh, balance still when the car is not worth that much anymore, right? If you're gonna do a loan, I would say just try to get it uh, shop around and get it as uh, get those monthly payments uh, or not monthly payments, but the loan term as short as you can. If you factor that in, you're going to likely limit yourself in the type of cars that you're going to get. But from a financial standpoint, that's just something that you're going to have to come to grips with just because you don't want to get to a point where car is going to be, you know, a curse, <laughs> you know, later, later in the future. Um, you kind of want to make it, you know, kind of, you, you definitely want to reduce a lot of that risk up front as much as you can is, is all I'm saying. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. So, you know, Van, in case folks don't know, Van has been uh, my guru when it comes to anything cars. Um, he's helped many, many people get a buy their car or sell their car, etc. both at a dealership as well as through, you know, Craigslist, etc. 
tell us a little bit about, you know, how do we get that good deal? You know, and, and mm. I think this is oftentimes one of the challenges, right? So I don't like it because I don't really know. I don't, I, I, it's not that I don't care, but I, I, it's not something I'm particularly interested in. Uh, a car for me is something used to help me get from one place to another. How do you approach getting a good deal, especially again in this market? Because it, I know some of the best practices, right, about how we approach. But, you know, what are some things to identify? Hey, you know, I'm, de- I'm doing a decent here. I'm doing decent here in terms of this deal. What are some of those criteria? If you're looking at a new car, you really don't want to pay anything more than M- the sticker price, which is the MSRP. So normally, you, you, when you look at the uh, Monrone label, you'll see you know what the car uh, manufacturer suggested retail price is. But then late these days, you'll see like another line item that says um, dealer markup or dealer uh, adjusted dealer markup ADM or something like that. And you know usually that's in the thousands. And really, what you want to do is you know if you you should try to eliminate that as much as you can. And, you know, the, the fact of the matter is because the, the demand for cars are so high these days, you're probably just going to get laughed out of that office, right? Because there's going to be maybe a dozen people behind you who are w- more than willing to pay for that markup, right? And I would say at the end of the day, just don't be that sucker, you know, to, to uh, pay that markup. And, you know, stick to your guns, stay with the MSRP, and, you know, don't just keep looking for other dealerships that would honor that MSRP. And, you know, the, the fact that matters, you know, the more dealerships that you go to and, you, you know, you um, and your information is in their system, eventually, you know, if you're still in the market, they're going to reach out to you, like, you know, not maybe not today, but maybe a month from now. And they may say, hey, you know, we have something coming down. At that point, you know, you, there's a, you can continue to negotiate more for them right so with new cars just don't pay more than msrp today i mean i, I would even say okay. that in uh, in the best of times right don't don't pay more than that but I have to say from a used car perspective, though, Kevin, um, this is a lot more murky because, you know, what is MSRP for a used car, right? <laughs> There's really right, no, exactly. um, because, yeah. because really no two used cars are the same. So it, the math becomes a lot more murky. But I would say as a rule of thumb, don't pay more than what a new car is worth on that. Like, let's say the MSRP on our new is like 30000 but they're they're selling, you know, they're listing the price for at 35000 for the used car. Then, yeah, don't don't pay $35,000. do not you know, I wouldn't pay more than even 30000 or maybe set a percentage of like uh, maybe 10 to 15% lower than what the new car price is and just apply that, right? Again, it's just a kind of rule of thumbs. Um, again, you're probably going to get rejected quite a bit. But again, if, if you're persistent and you keep looking out there, and I, I think the problem these days, though, Kevin, is that like kind of like in your case, like, you know, you're, you're hearing all these stories, you're reading, you know, you're hearing all these people um, telling you like right. their horror stories and all that. But then mm-hmm. it just kind of discourages you from doing anything, right? So you're just kind of in the sidelines. But I would say if you're still, if you're really serious about being in a market, I would be definitely, you know, reaching out and being proactive and, you know, just at least getting your name into the system because you know any good any dealership there could be like you know some sales that fall through because you know maybe some financing you know fell through or the many deposits that the people have taken they decided to cancel those deposits then you know they'll have your name and they'll give you a call and you know that'll be your opportunity to start those negotiations again right but again it's just for used cars i would probably buy something that I would have cash for, um, especially if it's something that if you need it right away. But if you don't need it right away, then yeah, just be patient. It's really, at the end of the day, is all you can do. So Van, do you have any idea of when you think it may get better? 
I mean, I think that's really yeah. what it comes down to, right? Because not only for new cars and you, maybe new cars is a little bit, um, a little bit better in terms of having the, just again, having that MSRP be set by the market, you know, you don't want to pay over that. And even if you pay MSRP, it's kind of like, okay, it wasn't great, but in this market, it's okay. Used cars, especially in our case with Larry, that's a problem, right? Because Larry can't afford a new car, but he needs something mm-hmm. to get to work. But it sounds like what you're saying, this this kind of a stinky time to be buying a car, even a used car, that you usually would be able to find something serviceable for $5,000, etc. Now, yeah. that serviceable car is what, maybe three times more now, you know, or two times more, whatever. How do you, I, I guess it's like, like i remember you told me one of the things that we do for selling a car we look at kelly blue book is that even is that even a thing anymore in this market does that even help anymore (laughs) just curious that's a a good question because i haven't really looked at kelly blue book to compare what you know their i guess suggested price it would be or your suggested like used car value i mean i think it's a good like place to start but i don't recall if Kelly Blue Book inflated their uh, price based on the current market as well. I, 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 can't, I can't tell you that because I haven't looked at it myself. But Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. I, again, it's it's just at the end of the day, I would say for somebody like Larry who's, you know, let's say, you know, he's, he's strapped for cash and he, uh, he's just looking for you know, something cheap to get into now, then uh, I mean, I, I would try to do maybe some other type of some more unconventional ways of doing it maybe like reaching out to his uh, you know to his social network to see if anybody has an extra card that you know they can he can buy off of that you know he can just give somebody quick cash for or uh, i've seen this all the time in the facebook groups or even the forums where people just say hey i'm looking for this car um at this price oh interesting you know, tell me yeah that's cool yeah, it's kind of like placing an ad for yourself that you're looking for a car, and mm-hmm. you know, and you'll get a lot of responses there too. So because the the most expensive yeah. place you can buy a car right now is at a dealership. So if you could buy a private party, then that is definitely another uh, way to do it as well. That's interesting. You know, obviously a quick like kind of interesting question would be like, what happens to these cars once the market has gone back? I mean. Would it be that some people literally overpaid like big time or like what what do you think is going to happen? Yeah. Think about it this way. It's kind of remember how the housing market was like a lot of people just, uh, you know, bought um, a whole bunch Uh of houses uh, like because of like uh, because it was just like a hot thing and everybody was buying it and people people were getting like approved left and right and all that. And then what happened after when the housing market collapsed, like many people just walked away from it. Right. So, you know, if I were to put my prediction hat on, I would say. Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of people would end up walking away from their cars. And I think, you know, mm-hmm. I, I don't know if it's going to spurge any kind of like big recession, which, you know, I don't know, because I, I don't I, I don't know enough about economics to say that. But I yeah. would suspect that, you know, three to five years from now, you're going to have um, this issue where, you know, people overpaid for their cars and they, they're like, you know, tens of thousands underwater, you know, because yeah. they took out such a long loan and paid such a high price for it. And, you know, they're going to be, you know, I think most people are going to walk away or maybe not most, wow. but a good number of people would walk away is what i would think so but i would say you know when that happens man that's probably the best time to buy i know i was just gonna say that seems like a really good time to pick but it just seems hard to imagine when that's gonna be exactly and it's like and i mean i'm just assuming maybe three to five years from now but i I, who knows right i mean it's it's hard it's just kind of you know if if i was a betting man that's what i would say is three to five years from now is probably when things will get back to normal and uh, i mean you know people kept saying oh it's going to be the following year it's going to be the following year Mm -hmm. where things get normal Mm -hmm. but it seems like 
I don't know. It seems like every time there's a new strain of COVID or there's like, you know, a yeah. new war or whatever, right? It just seems a new war. like it's yeah, just, exactly. um, there's always something that happens yeah. that I think it kind of pushes us back from uh, fully progressing. But again, it's all, um, I mean, I think at the end of the day, nobody really knows, right? Um, right. What, right. what, I what happened you. or when, when it would go back to normal. So Van, you know, to kind of close up here, I mean, what are, we'd like to do these key takeaways. What are some key takeaways now as a pertains to car buying right so you had a shot last week you wanted to redo here's your chance like what do you what's what's van's take as it pertains to car buying in this crazy crazy market larry is listening <laughs> so again like i mentioned before you know um, if you don't need to buy one don't don't buy one but if you do need to buy one and if you end up paying a little bit of markup um it's not the end of the world but i would say just don't take the first price that the dealer i mean if the let's say the markup is like five thousand dollars try to bring that markup down to as close to zero as possible right and if you're like maybe you're paying a thousand dollar over uh, msrp then and it's but it's still something that you really need then okay so be it you know it's not the end of the world but you know at least at the end of the day you were in control of that transaction and you're not being you're not being the victim of you know being slave to the dealership to you know basically give you whatever <laughs> whatever crap that they're shoveling over to you right so you know at the end of the day just make sure that you're gonna you're getting this car because you need it not because you want it because it's the next shiny thing <laughs> that you're itching to get so um that, you know, i guess that that would be my main advice there and i would even say think more uh, strategically and uh, maybe not strategically is not the right word but think more you know think differently than uh, on how you approach this now right instead of looking yeah. at your dealership that's close by i mean cast mm. that net out to like maybe nationwide right because where we live like the markups are just insane but then if you go look at texas or arizona or you know some of the neighboring states those markups doesn't seem as bad at, at all or maybe they don't have a markup right so you know maybe consider ship having it shipped over to you and do the cost analysis to see you know what if it makes sense to get that ship versus buying it local but again just think yeah, you know, just kind of expand your mind <laughs> or expand your options rather uh to, when you're when you're buying a car these days yeah, no, I, I think this is great, Van, and very timely. I think, you know, be for some time. I think people are going to struggle with figuring out where to buy a home, or sorry, buy, but where to buy a car. Same thing as you know, <laughs> buying a home, yeah. right? It's the same challenge. It just seems like everybody who is anybody and everybody's friend's friend is in the market for buying a car or buying a house, mm -hmm. you know, and navigating those i think tricky times is, is difficult and i th i especially feel for people who who need it right it's not necessarily it's like those speculative ones are are it's like whatever it's right you already have a house or you already have a car it's the folks looking for a car for practical reasons um to be able to pay off their debt or, or whatnot um that kind of stinks for those folks right mm -hmm. because a lot of them yeah, it's kind of outside of their control. They're competing with people who may have more resources to, like you said, pay over market or or you know drive up the price of the uh, the resale market. And it's just like you said, it's that frenzy, and and that kind of stinks. And I always feel bad yeah, for those yeah. folks. You know, it's kind of like, geez, you're just trying to, like, you're just trying to find a three thousand dollar car that's going to be serviceable, and and those cars are now mm -hmm. like nine thousand. It's like, oh, gosh, but um. But thank you for walking us through that, Van. I think that's super helpful. Yeah, no problem. Yeah, Ho hopefully that redeemed myself, or I feel I feel somewhat redeemed. From the yeah, you know, episode. I'll check with Larry. You know, I'll check with Larry. Okay, see what he says. 
But um, but folks, well, that'll be the end of today's show. If you guys have any questions, feedback, additional topics, please reach out to us at awordaboutwealth at gmail.com. And Van, where can we find more info about Self-Reliant FI? Right. Um, if you or anyone you know are interested in having a personal one-on-one coaching session, uh, please contact me at selfrelientfi at gmail.com. Uh, I offer a free consultation, so really there's no risk to you if you want to reach out. Again, uh, feel free to reach out at selfrelientfi at gmail.com for your financial coaching session. Perfect. We'll talk to you guys later. All right. Take care, everyone.